Let's take our Bible tonight and go over the book of Philippians. Philippians uh, chapter 4. Got plenty sick tonight, so you make sure uh, to pray for folk. Uh, most people that you don't see here tonight uh, will just assume that a lot of them were sick. I know Brother Mitchell and Miss Carrie, they're going on vacation. Uh, but I do know that a lot are not feeling well tonight. But Philippians uh, chapter 4 tonight. Philippians 4. I'll ask you to stand tonight. Philippians 4. <clears throat> now you pray for your preacher. I'm, uh, I'm on three and a half weeks with all this uh, upper respiratory stuff just in my head. That's where it's at. At least I'm not in a barrel no more. For a long time I was living in a barrel. That's what it felt like. And my wife said, well, no wonder you was beating the fire out of the piano here a couple Sundays ago. She said, you couldn't hear it, could you? I said, no. She said, man, you were playing loud. And uh, so, like I say, Miss Latham can say some things to me that you cannot. Amen. And uh, so she gets away with some stuff tonight. Philippians 4. Ain't it good to be here tonight? Amen. Amen. Good to be saved. And boy, we praise the Lord for that. Philippians chapter 4. Look with me in verse 10. Philippians 4 and verse 10. And the Bible says, But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein ye were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. What's well, a good thing to learn, ain't it? I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Uh, everywhere and in all things, I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Notwithstanding, we have well done that ye did communicate with my affliction. Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. For even in Thessalonica you sent once and again unto my necessity. Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. But I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Ephroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. You can be seated tonight. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you again uh, for just another wonderful time that you've given us uh, to come to your house. Uh, Lord, I, I'm going to need help with this message tonight to preach it uh, the way that it needs to be preached. Uh, I pray that as we have read, now you'll begin to reveal and you'll begin to help, but I pray, Lord, that you'll uh, soften folks heart tonight and soften my heart uh, while we deal with this message. I pray tonight that you would strengthen the one that needs strength, you'd help the one that needs help, and save the one that needs to be saved tonight. I pray, Lord, that you would do something in our heart that I cannot do and that nobody else can do, that we would leave out of here different and in better shape than what we came in. Lord, we won't take in. We love you. Thank you for Calvary and dying for us. Help us while we preach. Touch us and anoint us afresh tonight. And again, thank you for your blessings. For all this in Jesus' name, amen and amen. We look in the book of Philippians right here as Paul is closing out this book. He's closing out not only the chapter 
about the book and he is writing to the church at Philippi about their support for him. And tonight, if I could, for just a little while, church, I want to preach to us having a thought on the support of missions or the importance of missions. Missions is a very important uh, arm of the church tonight. Amen. Uh, there's a lot of Baptist churches around here that have a missionary Baptist on the front of them, uh, but I'll guarantee you they ain't been a missionary darkened their doors probably in years, nor have they helped missionaries along the way. I hope they're doing mission work uh, in their community. But tonight, the Apostle Paul, I've uh, he's writing to the church about how that they have met his needs and took care of him. Uh, can I say tonight that a missionary's job uh, is to present the gospel? Uh, what was it that the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 17? He said, For Christ sent me not to baptize, uh, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, uh, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. And so tonight, as we support missionaries and we support missions, uh, uh, yeah, they're out on the field, but what they're supposed to be doing uh, is presenting the gospel. I think about Brother Fred Wilson when uh, I, I think about some of this. Brother Fred, I've known him for years, and he's in Sweetwater. Uh, listen, at, 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 I think Brother Fred is 87, 88 years old, uh, still goes to the prison on Tuesday night and preaches to those men uh, he's on the radio every day, but Saturday still goes to the nursing home. Uh, and he's still trying to win people to Christ uh, because that's his job. Amen. Uh, Brother Fred is one of our missionaries, one of our local missionaries uh, uh, that we support. And so there are two ways that we support, uh, I guess three ways that we can support missionaries. One uh, uh, is to pray for them. Uh, it was in the book of 1 Thessalonians uh, uh, chapter 5 that the Apostle Paul said, Brethren, uh, uh, pray for us. Can I ask you now, I'm, I'm gonna be, can I be honest with you and, and tell you some things about my life? Now, I, I try my best to pray for you all. I really do. Uh, but I struggle to pray for our missionaries. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I struggle for that. Uh, a lot of times they just don't enter my mind until uh, I can uh, get uh, uh, maybe a prayer card in front of me or I happen to remember, hey, uh, we need to be praying for them. Then I'll pray for them. But I mean in my daily prayer life, uh, I struggle to pray for our missionaries. Now let me ask you tonight, how many of you all pray for our missionaries tonight? The Apostle Paul said, brethren, pray for us. I think one of the greatest things that we can do for any of those missionaries back there uh, on that board, and that's why they're called prayer cards, is because they want you to take one and hang it up on your refrigerator, uh, hang it up somewhere that you'll remember and pray for them. Uh, we've got pictures all the way down our refrigerator of friends and uh, of family, and some of you are hanging on our refrigerator, and sometimes I'll just stand in front of that refrigerator and I'll just begin to pray for everybody that I'm looking at right there. I think that would be a good thing for you to do too, is to take some of them cards home and begin to pray for them. I believe tonight that, friend, that uh, we can pray for them and God can help them. Another way that we can support is actually to go uh, be a physical body uh, inserted into their ministry. Uh, what I mean by that is uh, Brother Powell has told me that if we want to come down to the print shop 
down there in Cleveland and help them assemble books or help them print or get ready to go. The church can come down there. Our youth group can come down there. And we can be a help to them by helping them do that work. And so that's another way to support. As we're going to see tonight, another way that we support is by giving money tonight. And that's what that box back there is all about. And that's what we do every month. We send our missionaries uh, money and, and, and we pay for the radio broadcast. Uh, if I ask you tonight, do any of y'all know how much, how much we spend in, in, in radio broadcast uh, a, a year? We spend about uh, roughly, the church does, about $10,000 a year in radio work. Now for some, that is a lot of money. For some churches, for others, I, I, that's just a drop in a bucket to their radio broadcast. I've got a friend who's got over 70 broadcasts uh, uh, every week. I dare say they pay more than $10,000 a year uh, to be on the radio. We're, we've got 14 broadcasts a week that we're on somewhere. Uh, uh, one out of Nashville, one out of Pennsylvania, one out of North Carolina. We're on in Sweetwater. Uh, we're on in Sweetwater on Sunday morning on the FM side. Uh, and, and I mean, you'd be amazed who listens uh, to the short way. But that's a mission work. But let me ask you tonight that... Uh, well, let me say this. As I studied this, I thought about Brother Jackson, Brother Mays Jackson. Uh, when Brother Mays would preach revival, he was a full-time evangelist and uh, when Brother Mays would preach, and by the way, he also had the, the, the truck drivers, I believe it was the truck driver special. He loved to come on at midnight. Uh, Brother Mays had been a truck driver, uh, and he would come on at midnight on the radio uh, uh, because he said about all that was driving about that time was them truck drivers, amen. And he wanted to preach to them boys. As that's what he had been, you know. And uh, he, I remember Brother Mays, I'd heard him say more than once I, when they'd get ready to take up the offering and they'd call for somebody to play music or maybe they would sing, uh, he would say, all right, I, you can sing anything you want to other than Jesus paid it all. And you got to understand, he was having a little fun right there. Uh, because I'm going to tell you, to make the ministry, to make the missions go around, it takes God's people and God's support. That's what we're going to deal with tonight. I want to ask you tonight, do you give to missions? Do you pray for them? Uh, do you read their letters that are back there uh, on the wall? I would encourage you uh, to do that. Uh, I, as one preacher said, there are some missionaries uh, that do not know how to write a letter. They'll bore you to tears. I get that and I understand that. But do you know that your pastor sits down and reads uh, every letter that comes in from these missionaries. I want to know what's going on with them. And I want to know if they need help or that there's something uh, that we might be able to help them with. I want to look at a few things uh, from here in the book of Philippians and what the Apostle Paul told us in 2 Corinthians about how to support missions tonight. Now I believe that uh, a church ought to support missions. I believe we do support missions here. Uh, listen, I believe we've got 15, 16 missionaries tonight uh, that we take on and support, plus uh, other things that we do that's not on that board back there. Uh, but notice what he said right here, the Apostle Paul, in verse 14. He said, Notwithstanding, you have well done that you did communicate with my affliction. Now, you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning what? Giving and receiving, but ye only. Not but, uh, he said, for even in Thessalonica, you sent once and again unto my necessity. 
I want you to see first of all tonight the reason and the importance that we support missions tonight uh, is because of the necessity of the missionary. Uh, If the missionary is going to go to the field and do something that me and you cannot, (coughs) there is a necessity there. You know, that means it is necessary. Notice he said in verse 15 about giving uh, and receiving. And I know some people would uh, say, well, let them go get a job and serve Christ. That way, let me ask you tonight, could you work your job and be a full-time missionary? Could you support your family and still go on the mission field? That's something you need to think about tonight. Now, I know there's some missionaries that uh, do it. Brother Fred, I'll go back to Brother Fred. Brother, uh, Brother Fred, he run that backhoe for years and still done his evangelistic work. And that's what he would do. And I know some that could do that. But think about Brother Larry Seals and think about Brother Eric Peters and uh, Brother Spence Powell who are prison missionaries who preaches revivals uh, in prisons. Would they be able to work a public job and still go preach prison revivals to get those prisoners saved? to travel all over the United States and to be able to go win folk to Christ. I think about Brother Powell who not only preaches in the prisons, and by the way, he texted me the other day, he sent me a big long text, and he was talking about being down, I believe, was it at Silverdale? I think it was, and they, I believe it was three, three men got saved down there that night. Well, that's a glorious thing, Amen. Uh, that those men got saved, that they're forgiven uh, of their sins and headed uh, for heaven. Now listen, we had part in that as a church tonight. Amen. Uh, for what was going on down there. Uh, so, I mean, think about this for a minute. And I don't think anybody in here has got a problem with it. But what I really want us to do, what I really want us to do is, is to really put ourselves in their place uh, and, and see what they're up against. Uh, listen, Brother Powell and, and Brother Peters and uh, Brother Larry, they, they all go to prison and, uh, and they preach revivals. And uh, Brother Seals, he's actually a chaplain up there at one revival or at one uh, prison and, and goes in uh, uh, several times a week and uh, try to win those uh, boys unto Christ. Brother Powell, he is actually, not only does he go to prisons, uh, uh, not only does he labor uh, in the print shop down there at Cleveland, he would not be able to do that uh, if the churches did not support him. How's he going to labor in the print shop to print tracts and to print material if somebody's not paying his bills? Now I'm just being honest. Now now, I want you you to understand something that you've got to keep in mind. I don't know if I've done a real good job bringing this out right now. It's all about the gospel. See, when you keep that in mind that it is all uh, about the promotion and the publication uh, and the preaching of the gospel, uh, uh, that changes everything, you see. I'm getting ahead of myself. But Paul said, Paul said, I don't want your money because I desire some kind of gift. He said, I want it so that it will bound fruit to your account. But he said, there is a necessity here. There's a necessity. There's no way that our missionaries would be able to... Oh, by the way, Brother Powell, he's in the school system too, ain't he? Not only does he labor in the print shop, not only does he go to prison and preach, uh, uh, but he is in the school system uh, and he's in the juvenile system uh, uh, trying to win them children to the Lord. I'll never forget the first time he come in and he was beginning to tell me what he was going to do and what God had called him to do and I just, I just shook my head in disbelief. 
He was telling me that he was going to try to get in the juvenile system and get into the school system. And I thought, buddy, you've got an uphill battle. But you know what God done? God put him before a judge. And I don't know, I don't know the spirituality of this judge, but this one judge down in Polk County loved the idea of letting him have him kids. Of letting him be able to teach character and present the gospel to them kids and instead of sending them into the juvenile system, let's give them some Bible and see what happens. Amen. I talked to the sheriff just a few years ago here in McMean County and me and him was talking about some things and he said they're now learning that faith-based programs in the jail actually work. They're learning that you give those men the gospel and those women the gospel that are in the jail, it makes a difference in their life. Amen. They don't need self-help. They need Jesus. Amen. And so men and women have to go do that. The missionary needs our support. The Apostle Paul needed their support. I know Paul was a tent maker. I know that he could support himself when he needed to. But I'm going to tell you, if they're spending more time and they have to try to support themselves, then they're not doing the job that Christ called them to do. Brother Marsh, I read the letters from Brother Marsh and Sister Marsh over in Australia. And I, I don't know how old he is, but I know he's in his 70s. And I know he's had eye problems. I believe he's had heart problems. Uh, and, and he's had all kinds of problems. But you know that man, him and his wife, they still go out and knock on doors. They're still trying to win folk. To hey, when he come back on furlough uh, a few years ago, back prior to COVID, when he come back on furlough, listen, he was not only a missionary in Australia, he was a missionary when he came here to America. And wherever he went, he was witnessing the folk and winning them to Christ while he was here. The Bible said he that went his souls is wise. But the missionary needs our support. Do you not think that the missionary uh, is worth our support tonight? First Timothy chapter 5 said, Let the elders that rule well, he's talking about pastors here, but he said that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they that labor in word and doctrine. For the scripture saith, Thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn, and the labor is worthy of his reward. So if they're doing their job, should they not have their support tonight? I was reminded as I studied of this of Romans chapter 15, the Apostle Paul said uh, to them as he was fixing to close out that book, he said, Whensoever I take my journey into Spain, I will come to you. Now he's talking about coming to the church at Rome. He said, For I trust to see you in my journey and to be brought on my way thitherward by you if first I be somewhat filled with your company. He said, he said look, I, 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 and to be brought on my way thitherward by you. I, I believe he's telling the church there, he said, you're going to help me on my way. And you know, that's what we're to do tonight. You know, there's some missionaries tonight that we don't take on support, but we just help them on their way. They come in here and I think about Brother Moyes and his family and them girls come in and sing for us and uh, his son and, and they sing and his wife and, and we just give them an offer and, I, and help them on their way. Amen. We just get them on down the road as good as we can tonight. There is a necessity and when we realize that, to see that, it helps me to give when I realize there's a sin. Because when you get sold out for the gospel, and I'm sold out for the gospel, and realize the, uh, realize the importance of the gospel, it'll make you want to give tonight. 
Well, notice what the Apostle Paul said, still in the same, still in the same scripture. Notice what he said in verse 17. Not because I desire a gift. He said, for even in Thessalonica, you sent once and again unto my necessity. He said, you sent to me. He said, you not only sent me one offering, you not only sent me uh, one set of needs to be met, but uh, he said, you sent me more and more. Uh, he said, not because I desire a gift, not because I want something from you. I'm going to tell you something tonight. If a missionary is getting extremely rich, there's something wrong tonight. He said, I ain't saying they need to stay poor. You know, what's that old, what's that old saying, you know? The, one of the members of the church was praying to the Lord, you know? Lord, you keep our preacher humble and we'll keep him poor. That's the way some people think tonight. He said, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. You know why, I, you know why me and my wife support missions? And I can remember the very first time that God ever dealt with my heart about supporting missions. It wasn't in a mission conference. It wasn't in church. It wasn't listening to a preacher. I'm sure a preacher was probably on the radio at that time because I remember where it was. Uh, but <coughs> I can remember the very first time that God ever spoke to my heart about supporting missions. We were coming to church on one Sunday morning and we were coming by the jail out here. And I remember God began to speak to my heart about what we ought to do with missions. Talking about me and her, how much we ought to give and what we ought to do to support missions. But notice he said right here that it would be fruit to our account. He said, I desire it not to have a gift, but I desire it that, 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 uh, that I desire fruit that may, be, may abound to your account. So do you realize that, that, that all these missionaries back here that we support, that those that get saved in their ministry, and those that they help, and those that find strength, all that abounds to our account at Unity Baptist Church. Every bit of it does. Reckon, reckon, reckon God blesses us as a church because we support missions. I, know, I don't have to think so. I know so. I, if, if I could put it like this, I, and I've heard, somebody, I've heard other preachers say this, and men that are far more wise about missions than I am, but missions is the heartbeat of the Lord tonight. Because it presents and publishes and preaches the gospel. If the missionary has fruit in their ministry, then it abounds to our account. Not only does it abound to the church's account, but it abounds and that to you personally tonight. If you give and that so that men and women, boys and girls can get saved, uh, then it will abound can I tell you that uh, uh, serving missions and, and giving to missions uh, is like a bank account. If you don't ever put anything in it, then you ain't ever going to get anything out of it. If you don't ever put anything in that account, it's never going to have anything there. And so the Apostle Paul, he said, look, I don't want to get a gift from you. I'm not wanting you to send uh, and support us so that I can get something uh, uh, but I need it. Uh, uh, the necessity is for me to present and promote and preach the gospel. And that will be fruit abounding to you. I wish we could take on all the Bible-believing missionaries in the world. I really wish we could. But you know what God has done? He's put churches here and He's put churches yonder. And He's put people here and He's put people yonder. 
And He uses them to support missions. There's just sometimes we can't do it. And so God knows that. Take your Bible and go to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 19. Am I doing okay tonight? Okay. I know this ain't a normal message, but again, we're dealing with missions tonight. and I think, I think one of the greatest things you could do would be to fall in love with missions and missionaries. Look with me in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Tithing is 10%. We understand that from the book of Genesis all the way back to the book of Hebrews. We're taught that by what Abraham done. Uh, you find that it talks about a tithe and a tenth being the same thing. A tithe was before the law, it was during the law, and you'll find it after the law. But I really don't believe that 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 is dealing with tithe. I believe he's dealing with mission work right here. For he, Now look in verse 1 of 2 Corinthians 9. For he's touching the ministering to the saints, it is superfluous for me to write to you. You know what that word superfluous means? It means unnecessary. Uh, so the Apostle Paul says, I really don't need to write to you about this, but I'm going to. For I know the, for, the, the, the forwardness of your mind, for which I boast of you to them of Macedonia, that Achaia was ready a year ago, and your zeal had provoked very many. Yet have I sent the brethren, lest our boasting of you should be in vain in this behalf, that as I said, you may be ready. Lest happily, if they of Macedonia come with me and find you unprepared, we that we say not ye should be ashamed in this same confident boasting. Therefore I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren that they should go before unto you and make up beforehand your bounty, uh, whereof ye had noticed before, that the same might be ready as a matter of bounty and not as covetous. Let me stop right here and, and, and get this to where you can see what's going on. A year ago, the church at Corinth had promised that they would take up and make money up. And uh, the Apostle Paul had been bragging on the church of Corinth. And, and he was telling the churches at Macedonia, uh, look, the church at Corinth said they're going to do this and uh, they're going to take up an offering. Uh, uh, and he said, so what I'm doing is I'm going to send some brethren ahead and they're going to make up, they're going to take up that offering. And he said that way, so uh, when we come from Macedonia and the church comes with me, he said, that way we won't be ashamed if you ain't done what you said you were going to do. Now there's one thing I like to be, and that is true and honest. I like to do what I said I was going to do. And so the Apostle Paul said not only would they be ashamed, but he said, I'd be ashamed if I come and found you unprepared. And by the way, if you look at that word bounty right there, he said, and make up beforehand your bounty Wherever you had noticed before, that, that just don't, ain't talking about money. But, but bounty is the liberality in bestowing gifts or favor, talking about generosity. Uh, but but it, is, it includes, uh, that word includes the thought of a gift or favor, but the kindness that goes with it in which it is bestowed. So read on with me in verse 6, and this kind of makes sense. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. 
I think God requires 10% out of us. I do. I honestly believe that. I, 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 I don't think that, that what he's talking about right here in verse 7 is dealing with my tithing. Now, I like to tithe and give as a cheerful giver. I love to worship in tithing time and giving of my offering. Because I, He has given me so much. Like I see the thing about tithing is, is if you make a lot, you tithe a lot. If you make a little, you tithe a little. We all tithe the same amount, 10%. You want to give an offering on that on top of that to the church, that's your business, not my business. <coughs> if you want to give to missions, that's your business, not my business. But notice what he said right here. He said, every man according as he purposeth in his heart. I've purposed what I give in missions. I give it on purpose. You know, when you purpose something, you do it because you want to do it. You purposefully done that. My wife writes those checks on Sunday morning. Uh, She does that purposefully. Uh, it is on purpose that we do that. Nobody's got a, a gun to us and you've got to give. Uh, uh, we've talked about what we give. We've prayed about what we give uh, to missions. I pray you've done the same thing. But notice what he said. He said, don't, don't give grudgingly uh, or of necessity. Don't, don't give uh, uh, because uh, you feel like you have to of necessity. Let me put it to you like this tonight. Don't don't you give uh, because uh, I shamed you into it. I don't think that's a... Now listen, if you want to give, you give. Don't don't misunderstand me at all. But he says when it comes to giving the missions right here, uh, he says don't don't do it out of necessity. and Don't do it grudgingly to where you wish you didn't have to do it. But he said how to do it. He said do it purposefully and to do it cheerfully. As I get to give to missions. And there's going to be some little boy or little girl, or there's going to be some man or woman in prison, or in Australia, or in Thailand, or over at the jail, over or in the prison, over, over at Bledsoe, as we've supported men that's went on down the road that's out in St. George, Utah. We support brother, uh, 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 our, our missionary out in Idaho who has uh, done a church plan out there to see men and women saved out there. That's why I love to give to missions cheerfully. You come back and he said, but this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall also reap sparingly. He which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. I was over at Brother Jim Henry's some years back before he passed away. He was the papa of one of my real good friends. And Brother Jim was a preacher and he'd pastored for years. And we were standing out in the barn lot, as a matter of fact. And I believe Brother Jim had already had cancer at that time. He didn't know it, but I believe he was. I believe I'd get a little. Mis, misremember some things about when we talked about what, but uh, he was actually talking about farming at the time. He said, you know, uh, the Bible talks about he was so sparingly shall reap sparingly, he was so bountifully shall reap bountifully. He said, I know that's dealing with money, but he said it'll work in farming too. 
He said, if you sow so sparingly, you ain't going to reap a whole lot. And so I, I, it made me, my ears perked up uh, when he got to talking about that because not everybody thinks that he's talking about money right here. And that's literally what he's talking about uh, in giving and, and in supporting and that of missions. Uh, he said, if you sow sparingly, then you'll reap sparingly. Remember, we've got an account, don't we? You remember that? We've got an account that's going to be accounted one day. Uh, and, and so if we sow sparingly, we'll reap sparingly. I can show you a church right now that runs about 300 people. 300 people and they do a million and a half dollars every year in mission work. 300 people to do a million and a half dollars. That's unheard of. That's just unreal. Or say, preacher, you want us to do a million and I ain't telling you that I want us to do a million and a half dollars. All I'm saying that if we sow sparingly, then we'll reap sparingly. But if we sow bountifully, we'll reap bountifully. You remember what Brother Ralph said when he preached our mission conference the last time that he was here? God will give more through you than He will to you. God will allow you to make more and give it away if you'll just be willing to do that. It's the law of sowing and reaping tonight. We purpose. We give it because we want to and do it cheerfully. You look at the rest of Philippians 4 and verse 18 and the Apostle Paul said, But I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Ephroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice, acceptable, well-pleasing to God. Sometimes we give sacrificially. Now that's something we don't want to talk about. But it is for the gospel's sake. Look in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Look in verse 1. Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia... How that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and the deep pov- and their deep poverty abounded under the riches of their liberality. For to their power, I by record, yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we should receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering uh, uh, to the saints. What did he talk about the church of Macedonia? He said out of their what? Their deep poverty. You know what that means? They were poor. They were poor. But yet they wanted to send to the Apostle Paul. They wanted to send uh, to help the ministry. I'm going to say something that I think I have said before. I'm not sure And I'm going to have to think back. And I've tried to think about this today. I'm not sure if I have really ever gave sacrificially. I'm not sure I've ever had to give sacrificially. You say, well, preacher, are you after my rent money or my house money or my light bill money? I ain't after it. That's between you and the Lord. And to be honest with you, I don't think God's after your house payment either. 
I'll just be, now listen, if God moves on your heart and He says empty your whole bank account, then you help yourself. Amen. But I tell you, before I'd done that, I'd spend a little time fasting and I'd spend a whole lot of time praying. Amen. I'm not telling you God won't tell you to do that. I'm just telling you that I would make sure it was the Lord talking to me. But notice they gave out of their poverty. Can I ask you tonight how many of us are doing pretty good or just, or just even doing okay? But they gave out their poverty. You remember the lady over there, that, uh, that widow woman that come by? And she cast, everybody was coming by and casting into the treasury. And they were casting in so much. And she come by and throwed in two mites. And the Lord said she gave more than everybody else did. Why? Because she gave out of her poverty. She gave out of her poverty. You know, God probably could do more with them too. You'd be amazed what God could do with just a little bit. Again, I'm not telling you. I'm not telling you to give it all. If God tells you to tell you help yourself, I'm not going to stop you because I do believe God will take care of you because you come back to 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and the Bible said in verse 8, and God is able to make all grace abound uh, towards you that ye, that ye always have having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. As it is written, He hath dispersed abroad, He hath given to the poor, His righteousness remaineth forever. Now He that ministereth seed to the sower will minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness uh, which causes uh, which, which causes through us thanksgiving to God. I believe you'll take care of it. Philippians 4, we read it. But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. We take that verse out of context a lot of times and say God will supply your need. That's what the Bible says. But that is in the context of supporting missions. That's exactly what it's in the context of. But I'm going to show you the greatest reason why me and you ought to support missions. Continue to look with me in 2 Corinthians 9 and look in verse 11. I'm fixing to close. He says in verse 11, Being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causes through us thanksgiving to God for the administrations of uh, this service, not only supplieth the want of the saints, but is abundant also by many thanksgivings unto God. Whilst by the experiment of this ministration they glorify God uh, for your professed subjection unto the gospel of Christ and for your liberal distribution unto them and unto all men. What did he say? He said, you've gave. And notice right here, he said, that they glorify God for your what? For your professed subjection unto the gospel and your liberal distribution unto them. So God gets the glory. They glorify God. At the end of the day, when it's all said and done and it shakes out, however you want to look at it, the whole thing is for God to get the glory. It's for us to be in subjection to the gospel. It's for us to love the gospel. It's for us to have fell in love with Christ and want to promote the gospel and say I give to missions. I, I, I give liberally to missions because I want to support the gospel. That's what it's all about. 
for the gospel. It's for God to get the glory out of it. What did he say? He said, let your light so shine before men that they see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. It works the same way with missions. That's going to be a little different for some of you tonight to support me. We support by faith promise. In other words, by faith, you promise to give this much. And if God does not supply, then that's how me and my wife gives. We, we have set a number and said this is what we're going to give. To, if we can't give it anymore, then we just can't give it anymore. That's just the way it is. And by the way, your preacher is not so ignorant to set the budget for the missions uh, on what everybody says they're going to give and say, well, we're going to take all this on because I don't know everybody's going to be able to give. I get that. But tonight, tonight, all I want to do is encourage you to pray and seek God about what you, you personally, you and your family need to do for missions tonight.